All right. I almost was not able to get up here by the time that prayer was over because there's such a maze back there. So sorry for the five people that I stepped on trying to get here. Uh, I'm so encouraged even by that fact that we've like packed out this place. Thank you for being here. Uh, my name is Jordan. I'm one of the, the pastors here. Travis and I are going to continue to walk through that vision that Drew was just talking about through talking about what God has been doing in our church uh, as a continued emphasis on that idea that vision isn't seeing the future, but it's, it's seeing what God is doing in the moment and asking him to keep doing it in bountiful ways. And so I want you to grab your, your little packet if you got this. Guys, I, I hadn't seen this in a while, and so when I started looking through this, preparing for this, I like got emotional just seeing what God has done in the life of our church. I'm not necessarily expecting that from you right now. That might be a little high of expectations for the reaction that you're going to have. But, man, I remember the individual stories that we're about to talk about. And it's, I'm stunned by what God has done. And I do want to emphasize that from the start. We're about to talk about what's going on in the life of this church. This is God's work. There's no human being that can produce something like this. We're along for the ride in what he's been doing. So I just want to fly through this quickly. Uh, I'm not going to read this to you, like first rule of like PowerPoints and stuff. Don't read it. You guys can read. So uh, it would be great if you would read this. So, so take it home, look through it, pray through it. But I want to hit a few highlights quickly as we go. So if you flip to page four, you can see there uh, membership. And I wanted to highlight this statistic because I think it could be easy to miss within the context of this booklet. Like membership statistics aren't maybe the, the thing you're going to be looking for the most. But the reason why I think this is important that we've seen this 36% growth in membership is because we really want to be a church that, yes, adds numbers in attendance, but we want to grow in depth as a church. And I think this is evidence that we're growing up a little bit as a church that more and more of you are saying, hey, we don't, we don't want to just attend, but we want to voluntarily start contributing to Salt City, and, and we want to say, this is our home church. And, and that's the foundation. Membership is the foundation that we start to build any of these movements that we're talking about. And so we're really excited about that and want to thank you guys uh, for jumping in and calling this your home, not just a place that you periodically attend. If you keep flipping, guys, baptisms. Page six, I, this statistic, I do not understand. If you see this here, 239 baptisms since the inception of this church a little under five years ago is one of the crazier statistics I've ever come across in doing ministry. And I remember when Drew and I, before we ever planted this church, when we were walking around uh, both campus and the city praying about what God would do. And I remember one of the primary things we both were talking about in praying that day was how excited we were to get to see the first group of people baptized. And it was a privilege, like not even knowing the names, starting to pray in that direction and talking about how incredible that that would be. And that was the thing when things got hard or confusing that we would say, this is worth it. Like it is worth it to see people meet Jesus and to get to baptize them. And I now have names in those 239 people, stories, people that I've gotten to walk with, uh, people who have been Christians for a while who took that step of faith, but also brand new Christians who are declaring that for the first time publicly. And so eternally changed lives forever. We've gotten to be a part of that as a church. That's amazing and worth 
celebrating. So keep flipping. We're going to go over to a place for the next generation. Uh, there's something just weird happening in our college ministry <laughs> that I don't know how to explain. Like, look at that graph. How and why, I, I, you know, God. God is my explanation for what is happening. And you can, you can see sort of the, the radical attendance increase within our college ministry. I think the thing that I'm most excited about on this little graph on page 13 is those, those two different salt companies. So you see there the launch of the salt company at the University of Minnesota and then the launch of the salt company at St. Paul. It's not just that we're adding numbers of people, but there's a multiplication happening where, where people are getting to hear the gospel contextualized specifically to them at their university, which is a beautiful thing. There's 250,000 college students in the Twin Cities metro. We are praying for those college students, but one of the things that we've learned is that we need to overcome that initial hurdle of going to a salt company that is at a largely different campus. And we want to we wanna bring salt company to people that need to hear Jesus, and we want to contextualize it to them within their local context. We want to tear down any walls for people to meet Jesus. And so we've gotten to see that happen with the multiplication of college ministries, and we want to see it continue to happen. There's universities all over this metro, and we want to keep planting salt companies by the grace of God. Um, and so we're excited about not only the addition, but the, the multiplication there. Next page, 15, a place for families. All right, you guys have seen the baby explosion that has happened in the church. Yeah, Drew, yeah, Drew's pointing to me in the back, baby explosion. Um, I mean, it's evidence here. They're all over the place here. It's, it's kind of wild. Every day you come into Salt City, there's just a new baby. And it's like, where did you come from? Uh, and, and we love it. And I, I think it's, it's self-evident that a more permanent place is going to be better for families uh, within our church. And we really want to serve you. Families, thanks for sticking it out with us in the whole mobile church thing. Thanks for sitting in this warehouse with your children and pretending like you're able to listen. Um, we, we appreciate it. We want to provide some space for you. But, but actually, more than you, I think I'm praying for the families that aren't here yet. Families that are neighbors of ours, families that have wanted to come to Salt City to hear the gospel preached, but that it's just a hurdle for them to come to a college campus, or they feel like the mobile church environment isn't for them because of their life phase. I want to be able to preach to them about Jesus. And man, if that takes us getting into a building with a permanent kid's space to have that opportunity to see those kids raised up as disciples of Jesus, it's so worth it. And so we want to do it for the, the families uh, that are here, but we want to do it for the families that, that aren't here yet. We want to invite them in to, to hear about Jesus. So keep flipping a place to be formed. Maybe that, that word formed or formation that we've been throwing around out sounds a little odd to you uh, or is a new word. All we mean by that is being formed into the likeness or character of Christ. This goes back to, yes, God willing, we want to grow in attendance, but we want to grow in depth. We want to have a church that looks at the life of Christ, the character of Christ, and says, that is the best life I can imagine, that, that I want to live like Jesus, and that that itself is the good life. 
And I think you guys have a church have, as a church have bought into that vision and have started to participate in some pretty incredible rates. And we've seen Jesus growing us in our heart and our affections for him and in our character. And we're excited for this building to be a place that can continue to house formation. Keep flipping. A place to be sent. Uh, pages 20 and 21. Guys, this is a church plant. It's planted out of a church that was planted by another church. We don't want that to stop with us. Always inherent in the heart of Christianity is an outward-oriented perspective. That you receive healing by Christ means that you want to offer that healing to other people. And the very reason that you know Jesus is because somebody came to you and told you about him. The very reason that the gospel is in the United States is because missionaries left their homes, left the people that they loved to go to a place new to tell them about the hope of the world. And we want to be a part of that. We're a part of a church planning network that wants to plant churches in every major university center in the United States and then expand that out into the world where that little map there would be covered in dots representing churches and gospel movements as far as, as we could dream about seeing it happen. And we at Salt City want to be a part of that. And so home is not only a place for us to get comfortable and to grow, we want those things, but we also want to send people out from here to establish homes in in new places. Uh, So that's kind of the reiteration of the vision, but that's going to take uh, all of us jumping in on that vision. So Trav's going to talk to you about that. All right. This is the section of the program for the 20% of you that flipped to the back page immediately when you got the booklet. Um, Flip to the last page. What's it going to cost to renovate this place? Um, There's a big number at the top of the page there, $5.1 million. What will $5.1 million get us? It'll get us infinity pools, golf simulators, Chick-fil-A that's opened on Sunday. No, it won't. It won't. Stuff is really expensive, okay? Just walls, steel, all of that stuff is very expensive. And so this will get us what you're basically seeing on the design. Kid space, equipping space, an auditorium to worship in, audiovisual lighting equipment, things like that that we need um, to make this facility feel like home and to be able to welcome people in. And so that's where that $5.1 million is coming from. We've been working with architects um, and we've gotten some quotes from a general contractor. Uh, we just got one back last month um, and that's the number that they, they gave us based on our current plans. And so we're going to continue to work on that. Um, you may even notice that I think the uh, building design that's in the booklet is a little bit outdated compared to what's on um, the easels out here. And that's because it's still fluid. We're still making changes. We're trying to figure out what we need, what we can actually get. Um, we're working through some of those questions right now with all those parties. So we'll keep moving down here. How are we going to get to the 5.1? Uh, we are going to be able to get a loan from a partner that works with the North American Mission Board. So North American Mission Board is an organization that we partnered with when moving up here. We still partner with them. And um, there's a foundation that has basically said, hey, we'll loan you $1.5 million. So that's a good start for us. And then the 2.6 from Salt City Family. So there's a general rule of thumb um, when you're raising funds at a church that you can raise three times what your general budget is in a year. And so this number is pretty much right at that cap of what our three times our general budget is. And so it's going to stretch us. It will. We're going to have to sacrifice things. I know Kelly and I are already talking about, hey, what things can we give up to help get to this spot? Um, That 2.6 is going to be over the course of three years. So starting May 1st 
and then May 1st next year, and then May 1st the year following. And so if you look down below at the home investment goals, that's where that breakout happens. Um, so our goal would be May 1st that we could have a million dollars given towards this building. As in addition, uh, two pledges um, totaling or $1.6 million, $800,000 each year for 2023 and 2024. Guys, if we can do that, we're pretty confident that we'll be able to build this building, which is really cool. It's a big number, but I think if we can get there, we'll be able to do what we have designed currently, and that's really exciting. Um, and so that kind of leads us into um, the last number on here on how we get there is Salt City Friends, $1 million. There's a lot of people, and even some people probably here who aren't a part of our church, but believe in the vision of Salt City Church and want to contribute. And so that might be parents, friends, grandparents, all of those folks. And we want to reach out to them and just ask and give them an opportunity to jump in on what God's doing here as well. And so that's a big pool of money as well that we're going to need to fundraise. Um, there'll be ways to gather that contact information if you've got someone, say, your mom or your dad or grandparents or whoever might be interested in contributing We'll get their information, we'll send them a booklet, we'll give them a call, whatever that looks like, um, to reach out to them to ask if they'd be willing to jump in with us. Um, so all of that total is 5.1. I think our math is right on that, so that's good. And uh, you can see the home investment goals there at the bottom. How will this actually happen? So you should have gotten one of these cards in the booklet. There's probably some on the ground because they probably fell out already. So make sure you get one of these cards Essentially, all of these numbers is just a best guess estimated path forward for us. So none of this stuff is locked in stone. If one of you guys has $5.1 million that you want to donate, we'll scrap all of this, okay? We're not married to this plan. <laughs> this is just a practical way for us to be able to plan out how we could actually get to where we want to be. Um, the one important thing to note, too, on the 2.6, kind of backtracking a little bit, is we are going to be able to get that money in a loan up front if we get these pledge cards filled out. So on May 1st, if we get 1.6 over the next two years and 1 million May 1st, we have an additional loan that we'll be able to tap into so that we could start construction immediately. So if we can get these things filled out, this is gold, okay? If we can get the numbers that we're shooting for, we'll be able to start right away. We don't need to wait to 2024 to get those last funds in for us to be able to start construction on here. So these cards, you'll see there's four blanks. There's a nice total blank, I guess, at the bottom. I hadn't seen this yet. 2022, 2023, 2024, fill out what your contribution, what your pledge would be, um, and then there's a contact information sheet up here, and then we'll be collecting these May 1st is kind of the first fruits giving. There's a table on here as well um, that you can take a look at. Basically, we just wanted to make it more biteable, I guess, for people of saying, okay, I think I could fall into this tier of giving. How many people do we need at each of those different tiers? Again, not set in stone. If we get more than 50 students that want to give $120, we're not going to turn them away, okay? Whatever this looks like, we just wanted to make it accessible for people to kind of see how we could get to where we need to go. Um, another way that you can give is through our website. So if you give regularly already, you know that you can go into the saltcity.com, uh, contribute, give. There's a drop-down for home. It was formerly Multiply. It's now been switched to home. So if you're giving to Multiply already, um, it'll just keep going to, to this campaign. And then if you wanted to give online rather than, I guess you can't really give in the card unless you give with a check, but uh, give online through there. You can also click, there's a Vision Sunday button on the homepage. You can click that and it'll take you immediately to a giving portal as well. So those are the ways to do that. One other thing that I really need to note is credit card givers. So this was me, big points guy on the credit card. 
guys, do not give with credit cards, please. If we raise $2.5 million, or 2.6, excuse me, and we all gave in credit cards, it would cost $63,000 in credit card fees that we don't get or you don't get, okay? It just goes straight to the company. I remember an email got sent out, I think, it's like six months ago or something like that, encouraging people who were giving with their credit cards to switch. And I was giving with my credit card, and I'm like, no, I want these points. And then I got access to the portal and saw that Kelly and I had basically given $1,000 to credit card companies. It would have been better for us to give and check, save that $1,000, and just keep it for ourselves than the points that we got. So just an encouragement, if you're giving with credit card, it would literally be better for you to reduce your giving by that percentage than it would be to keep trying to get those points. So if you have questions about that, definitely feel free to reach out to me. But just one thing to note as you're um, kind of walking through this is credit cards just make fees off of it. And so it's better for you just to save that money. We don't get it either. So I think that's all I had. All right. One more time, because we're throwing a lot of information at him. Hit the, the, the pledge as it relates to the loan and construction start time again. Hit that one more time. Yep. So big idea. May 1st, if we get all these cards back and we have $1 million given by that point, again, it can be any time between now and May 1st. We just need a million dollars there. And then um, pledges for 2023 and 2024, $800,000 for both years. If we can get that on the pledge cards, we can actually start construction right away rather than waiting for those pledges to come in. The pledges still need to come in, okay? But it buys us time. It buys us two years to raise that money. We would take the money sooner. But we want to be realistic as well about where, where, where everyone's at and um, our giving capacity. And so that's kind of the timeline, and we'd be able to start right away um, if we had that. And so we just encourage you guys to pray about it and think about it and start having those conversations, right? We've got a month to kind of figure out what God would be calling us to give to. Great. Okay, next up, I think Drew's coming back up, and Rob and Terry, a couple of our elders, to sort of process how they're thinking through this personally. You got me on, Aaron? Yeah? All right, sweet. Um, hey, for you, those of you guys who don't know, Rob Wassenauer and Terry Langlin, a.k.a. Crooked T. Um, <laughs> these guys um, have been a tremendous encouragement to me over the years, and they really have been uh, fathers in our church. And so I just wanted to give them an opportunity to process what they've been processing and give some encouragement to you guys, since they've had a little bit more time to, to think about it and pray on it. So would love just to know, uh, Rob and Terry, how are you guys processing this giving campaign and kind of what's next in the life of our church? How much time? How much time do I have? A couple minutes. A couple minutes. Um, to be honest, uh, my life, my past is littered with consequences of bad choices that I made that I often rationalized into. Uh, 30 plus years ago, I, I rationalized into uh, paying less on taxes than I should have. I'm uh, a tiny business owner and there were ways to conceal income. It just The long story on that is it didn't play out well. The IRS are mad dogs. 
they will catch us. So um, for 30 plus years, I have been gradually learning that walking in God's ways is good for me. That's, that's just generally the truth. And, and we all have ways that we rationalize and justify positions that ultimately later down the road we regret. And so, so how am I processing this? I have learned, I'm, I'm actually afraid of not being generous because I find that my joy and my heart shrivel in proportion to my stinginess and greediness and hoarding. And I rationalize that is gonna make me happier, more secure, protects my future, and I can get more things. And, and I've just found that those are illusions and lies. And, and literally, there is a fear in me now of not being generous because I know it will impact my wife and I's joy. And so I'm not gonna change a lot. I already do give generously. But we're going to dig deeper because just in thinking about my response, I went, wow, God has, is, will, and, and that's good. So Kathy and I have been through four or five capital campaigns of sorts with various churches and, of course, Salt City. And, and I think we can always say we have never been disappointed ever that we gave too much. And I think sometimes I can get to the stage in my life where I um, can be a little bit on the stingy side too. Kathy, is, uh, Kathy and I really do talk about this a lot. So I, A, I want you guys to know this is a, this is a family decision. It's a, it's a, it's a, it is a step by faith. But I also want to illustrate it with a story how God kind of really changed our journey uh, that can't be, it can't be manufactured by story or by imagination of the human mind. Uh, we had some friends that, that were really faithful. Um, and they, they sacrificed and sacrificed to get married and then to uh, work so that the, the, the wife was going to carry the, the burden financially until the husband got out of grad school and was able to get a job and then get a, get a job. And then they'd swap over and then they'd have kids. And that was the plan. Well, the kid came early. Uh, and so they had gone down to the, the, literally the penny of their budget to say, we, we need X amount of dollars. We need like $812.32. And I forget what the number was. And Kathy had felt a burden by God. We got to give to our friends. And the number happened to be $812.32. We didn't know what they needed. We didn't know what their budget was. And it was one of those miracles that God does in the life of a believer when we're attuned to that. I can't tell you how much joy we got from that. It was over and above. It was exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. And I'm going to illustrate another story here um, to maybe emphasize God knows exactly what Terry said. God knows what we need. I was saved in high school at 16 years old, but I didn't know what a disciple was. I didn't know that I needed to be discipled. I didn't know that I needed to grow. So I went to college at a very secular university, and a, and a, and a gentleman from Campus Crusade for Christ, now crew, tapped me on the shoulder. Hey, I'd like to have lunch with you. Okay, why? You're kind of creepy. Uh, 
no, no, I just want to get to know you. I'm, I work with athletes, and it's all good, and um, I, want, I want to disciple you. It's like, what does that mean? And over the course of four years, we met, we talked, we, he pushed me, he challenged me, he equipped me, he, he, he grew me. And, and the whole idea that I'm trying to communicate is that God knew what I needed when I stepped on that campus before I even knew what I needed. And what he knew that I needed, he, he had the conduit through which I would grow. And we all need to follow Jesus. We need to have the vision of where Jesus wants us to lead, right? That's primary. And, and see his glory and honor. And we need to fight the temptations of this world. And the temptation, one of the greatest temptations of my world, and a little bit of Terry's from what I hear from his story, is money and the attraction that we have to money. Um, I found this fascinating. Sometimes when we see $5.1 million, we see the big mountain in front of us or the elephant. But this is the bite-sized way to eat the elephant. So there's now a vision, the bigger vision of seeing what God has for us, and also the practical understanding of how we can be a part of a bigger thing. That's how I'm processing yeah, I would just say, uh, with that said, my encouragement uh, to you guys who are married is to just spend time in prayer together. Typically in a marriage, there's going to be one person who's going to be more kind of cautious, and there's going to be one person who's going to be more kind of bold and brash. And I would say, like, what I've learned in this process, having done this a number of times with my wife, Melissa, is my prayer for our church is that we would do this with Acts level faith and Proverbs level wisdom. And so there is a faith component to it, but there's also just a wisdom component, which is why we want to give everyone time uh, to do that. So I would love if you guys would just um, close this time before we sing a final song together, just with prayer. Just uh, would you pray for, for us as sort of fathers in our faith, just that God would lead us with wisdom and, and faith. Before we pray, I'd just like to say one other thing about my journey. Um, it was learning to walk in God's ways. And those of you who have long, young babies, you know what that learning to walk looks like. And, and the things that used to cause your little baby to stumble and fall are not big obstacles anymore. Um, I have learned to be generous uh, and want to be because of God's faithfulness in my past. I've learned to walk and found that there's a reward in, in walking in his ways and not the ways of this world. And so I would just encourage us all to just take a step of faith because the crib seems safe, but there's no adventures in the crib. I mean, let's get out and walk and find that God is faithful and he's bigger than what we need. He is what we need. God, we, we pause before you humbly, uh, acknowledging that you are good and you have invited us into fellowship that will last forever with you into a kingdom that's always win-win. Uh, would you please continue unlocking the truth that your ways are higher than ours, that you know what will really meet the needs of our hearts, what will really satisfy my desire for contentment and fulfillment. So God, lift Jesus up. Help us to see that 
the grace that we are currently walking in is all from you, your hand, and you don't stop giving. So, God, you're asking for money, and you're giving us life. So, so um, just accept, God, what you have already given us as our humble worship. Uh, open our eyes to see the beauty that you're inviting us into, and let Jesus um, be praised in the outcome. Father, I, I ask you, give us each and one ears to hear your spirit direct us um, on that which pleases you and that which is really pleasing ourselves. God, I, I confess that I look to me way too much. And I ask you to forgive me for my selfish nature, my selfish perspective, how I want to provide for me. God, change us to be more like you, to change us to see needs, to, to, to give up, to sacrifice with joy, and for a grander purpose than what we even know. God, I ask you to, to show us a bigger vision of you, but I also ask that you would kind of challenge us and give us a way to act and, and follow you with baby steps, bigger steps, even when we don't see what the next step is. So, God, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do because you are faithful and you're good. And we give you honor and praise in the name and the authority of Jesus, we pray. Amen.